What is up, Creature Life? As always, we are keenly interested in staying up to date uh, with the millennials and <laughs> trying to you know, keep up with the trends. And so we've been doing some market research on three of the things that are most important to millennials, and we want to talk about one of those today. Uh, obviously, the big three are, of course, cute coffee shops, essential oils, and Megan, say it with me for number one, avocado toast. Awkward. <laughs> Millennials love both avocado toast and mindfulness. Today, we're going to focus more on mindfulness rather than avo toast. But over here, we would just like to say we do we do love our avo toast. I was going to say, there's no reason we couldn't dedicate a whole episode to avocado toast, especially, I mean, that's actually kind of on brand for us. Um, but I'm, I'm good with the, with the plan to stick with mindfulness for today. Yeah, um, I think mindfulness can get a funny rap. Um in the sense that, yeah, it can just be seen as a sort of trend that millennials are loving right now. But I think mindfulness actually is really important to what we're trying to get at here at Creature Life. Um, I think mindfulness is really crucial to the things we talk about of seeing and, and sensing food as a gift, as as this really beautiful thing that comes from the Lord. Um, and also mindfulness is absolutely necessary I think for intuitive eating. Intuitive eating is all premised on this idea of being really attuned to your body and the ways that your body experiences food and and, um, being aware of your body's fullness and hunger signals and the thing you see your body delights in and and whatnot. Um, And so without mindfulness you can't eat intuitively. And I mean now might be a good time to offer a definition of mindfulness. We assume that most people have at least heard of it or come into contact with it in some form. Megan, you are close to an international expert on mindfulness, or at least you're reading a book called The Mindful 20-something right now. If you were to define mindfulness, what would you say? Um, wow, that's a lot of pressure, Blake. <laughs> I don't feel like an expert on mindfulness, but I would say I think what how I understand mindfulness is this deep sort of awareness to the present, to what is around you, to what is in front of you. Um, So I think that is a really crucial component of it. I think there's a lot of other different facets of it too that we'll talk about later today. Like for instance, part of it is um, being really attuned to your thoughts and being able to differentiate between what you are thinking versus what is a part of your reality. Um, A couple other things are um, kind of withholding judgment, withholding um, the sort of ways that we often form criticism or judgment about what we're doing or what we're not doing, um, and then also having self-compassion when you do, when you do have thoughts or when you do um, get distracted from the present. Thank you, Megan. You pretty much crushed the definition there. And yeah, we're we're fans of mindfulness in all areas of life, but. Um, as you may guess, given what our podcast is about, we, we think it could be particularly helpful when it comes to eating. Um, and maybe I think the reason we, we think that is that it's so easy to eat mindlessly instead of mindfully. So we're going to start by talking about some of the ways um, that we eat mindlessly. And everyone does this. This isn't something we should feel guilt and shame about. Um, but we do think there's an opportunity here um, to be uh, healthier in a holistic way when it comes to our eating. 
Yeah, so I think mindless eating is kind of just what it sounds like of when you're eating and you're not really paying attention to the process of eating itself and how your body feels, how the food tastes. Um, And I think this happens often when you eat while multitasking, so maybe you're eating while watching a movie or something and you can't really pay attention to the food you're eating because you're paying attention to the screen or if you're in a really big rush, um, so you feel like you got to eat on the way to class or eat in the car as yes. you're going somewhere. A Blake Thompson special. <laughs> Another possible way that mindless eating can happen is, I think if you say you didn't eat a lot during the day or you skipped a meal or something and then you become really, really hungry. And I know for me when I'm really hungry and then I start to eat, I feel like I need to eat so quickly because I'm just trying to satisfy that deep hunger. And so then I can't really pay attention to what is happening besides just like trying to shove food in my mouth. Yeah, the classic like inhaling a meal. Yeah. Like, do you want to share some other examples of mindless eating? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we can eat mindlessly in a way when, when we're distracted by fear or shame surrounding our bodies. And, and in some ways I would think that that would possibly suggest that we are, you know, we are attuned to our emotions and, and we're present with food. But I actually think those things are taking us away from the food, um, even if those feelings are, you know, kind of related to what we're eating. I don't think we're actually eating in this present kind of non-judgmental, positive way. Um, instead, I think that that can be functionally mindless and, and ultimately pretty destructive. Yeah, I know times in which I've been anxious about how food will affect my size or body shape or feeling like maybe I ate more or shouldn't be eating something. Um, I'm not really thinking about the food I'm eating. Instead, I'm thinking, oh no, like how is this going to affect me or what should I eat tomorrow to make up for this sort of those compensation patterns or just thinking, um, feeling bad that I maybe ate something that I didn't plan to. And I think, yeah, that really, that kind of described how I used to eat a lot. Um, And there wasn't a presentness to the food I was eating. It was more a distraction by these emotions and feeling really overcome by these emotions. Yeah. And I, I think another classic mindless eating thing would be pretty similar to what we talked about on our last episode, which obviously you guys all recall perfectly, but just by way of a, of a simple reminder, Megan's looking at me like you're an idiot. Um, but uh, any, anyway, would, would a, a big way of mindless eating would be emotional eating, especially in, in that kind of stress eating way of I'm not feeling so great. I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I'm just going to, you know, just shove food in my face without listening to my body, without thinking about what I'm eating. Um, That's going to be a pretty classic mindless eating example. So I think it's important to consider what, what this sort of way of mindless eating communicates about food and about our bodies. And I think the first thing it communicates is that food isn't that important, that it is something that is just something we have to do, something to rush through, something that's not worthy of us paying attention to. Um, and so we try to do it while doing other things so we can get more done or um, we try to eat as quickly as possible so that it doesn't take up too much of our day. Yeah, I mean, maybe another way to look at that would be that food is an inconvenience, that it's just something getting in the way of, of where real life takes place. Yeah, and I think I think we do this with so many things. I think about my own self and the things that I often think of as inconveniences are the things that are super bodily, like needing to sleep or 
or eating or whatever it might be or like doing chores I think can often those things can often feel like inconveniences but I think it's also like those are the human things those are things we need to do to care for our bodies which are so much a part of our humanity is our bodily existence absolutely and and I think on a similar note eating in this sort of way goes back to one of our old um, things we used to talk about on the podcast a lot of just food is fuel um, when, when we eat in a way that, that never stops to think about what we're eating and it's always just something we're, we're doing on the go or as quickly as we can, it's just like going to the gas station. Like no one, no one pulls up to, uh, you know, BP and plans to spend half an hour or an hour. Being an hour super chill, mindful yeah, of, yeah. so <laughs> grateful that gas is coming out of this, uh, you know, this pump into our cars and nor should you get out of BP <laughs> as fast as you can. There's no reason to spend time there. Um, but food's not the same as that. Uh, it, it, it's so easy to treat it that way, but I do think we're making a mistake when, when we treat it um, just like the gas station. And likewise, again, when food is, food is viewed as... Viewed as fuel. <laughs> words, third stuff. Um, when we view food as fuel, we likewise view our bodies as machines, or we just don't really think our bodies are um, worthy enough to pay attention to. When we eat really mindlessly, we don't pay attention to how our body is feeling. And I think it goes to show that then we don't, we are not really honoring our bodies and we're not really considering our bodies worthy of really slowing down and paying attention to. And I think there's a really important big picture thing that all of that, that this way of eating communicates. And it's basically that efficiency is our highest good. That that the the most important thing for us to achieve in our lives, maybe even the highest goal of the human. Um, we we might not say this explicitly, but our actions can so often suggest that that we believe this. That that life is about efficiency and about streamlining things as much as possible. And you know, heaven forbid we slow down to eat. Heaven forbid um, we cook and that sort of thing. And I, I'm not sure that's, um, you know, a perfect conception of the human, but it's so easy to fall into that yeah, mindset. I know I fall into that mindset a lot of um, the day is good based on how much I got done. It's all about how much I produced or how productive I was. And I think that sort of mindset really diminishes the value and also God's presence in all the things throughout the day. And it's not, it shouldn't be just about how much can we do and how fast can we do it, but instead like how present were we in the things that we were doing and um, how mindful were we of God's God's movement in, in our lives and in that day. Right. And that's just such a different framing of a day versus how much did I get done? How fast did I do everything? And, and before we transition to a discussion about mindful eating and, and offer kind of a different way forward, we do want to name it and, and we'll go into this further at the end of the podcast, but we know this is hard. We're, we're not trying to guilt anyone or shame anyone. We fall into all this stuff too. It's really difficult to eat mindfully in a world that is just always demanding our attention and calling us to move as fast as possible. So we recognize this is hard. It's impossible to be perfect. Um, I think about conversations I have with folks who work really long hours. It's very hard to just, you know, pop in and, and, and cook a leisurely meal um, after you get home from a 14-hour day. We get it. We're... we're, we're more, more trying to offer a different way of life within that structure than trying to make you feel guilty for certain habits. But with that, why don't we transition to what mindful eating looks like? Yeah, so mindful eating, I think, um, involves slowing down in order to be really present at to what is at hand and focusing on what is in front of you or how your body's feeling or how the food feels. And so in mindful 
fitness in general, there's this big emphasis on bodily sensations because I think so often like we only think about our minds and we don't really think about our bodies as much, but our bodies are a huge part of our lives. They're how we move through the world. And I think our bodies um, can feel all these different things and food is something that can really engage our bodily senses. Um, there's so much about food that that we can experience, whether that is the taste of something or the temperature of a food or, or the texture of it. Um, there's so much involved there with how eating can engage the senses. Right. When we slow down, we're able to see those things. And as we've talked about so much on this podcast, more, more than just be aware of them, but to delight in them. Um, as a reminder, we do think food is a good gift from God. Um, but when we don't slow down to see it, we're, we're, we're not able to see it as a gift. We can miss out on that. Uh, I think about my sister-in-law, Mikola, who I've referenced on here before, just looking at a bowl of rice and saying, this rice is beautiful. The, the little grains are beautiful. You can only have that sort of posture if you've slowed down enough to see it and, and see beyond just like, oh, well, this is this many calories. I can eat it in eight minutes and, and then be on with my day. Yeah, this week in preparation for this podcast, I tried practicing a little bit more mindfulness around eating, and um, I like to cook oatmeal a lot for breakfast, and I tried slowing down in that process of even cooking it, and I realized, even though I've made oatmeal like hundreds of times in my life, I've never noticed the smell of oatmeal as I cook it, and I was like, wow, this is a really lovely smell. Um, I really enjoy this. Who knew? Um, but also, as I was eating the oatmeal slowly, just even learning more about my body and how if you eat something really hot, I realized like, I think I subconsciously um, know where in my mouth it's like more more uh, comfortable to have a really hot thing so that you don't burn your tongue. But where is it? It's like the side of your mouth. There we go. So <laughs> I don't know if I was like too detailed, but anyways, <laughs> now you know, guys. Um, but it was just cool thinking, wow, my body knows so much. And there's so many things my body subconsciously does that I'm not even aware of. But I think our bodies are just like this really beautiful thing that there's just a million processes that go on or a million things our body has learn to do that we can do um, without even thinking about it. and it's just really cool to think of the ways that our body like tries to protect us right and in that mindset we can receive another big theme of our podcast we can receive our bodies as a gift too we, we can delight in these adaptable bodies we have that are capable of giving us pleasure through smelling oatmeal or um or comfort and peace by not burning our tongue with that oatmeal. And, and, and we can start to look beyond, you know, the, the task ahead of us for the day, but to delight in the ways that God has created us and, and created the food in front of us. I think another part of mindful eating and mindfulness in general is just having this deep sort of awareness of our thoughts and feelings. Um, and instead of just kind of sitting in those thoughts, we name them. Um, and I think there's a, a real power to naming them as thoughts. So a helpful analogy that I read in my Mindful 20s book is that our thoughts are like flowing down this river. And often where we are when we're not living mindfully is like we're in the river with all of our thoughts. Um, but you can step onto the river bank and kind of look at your thoughts and, and kind of take a step back. And that is the mindfulness is being able to see your thoughts instead of dwell in them. And I think when we're eating, because eating can bring up so 
so many things, especially as it's related to disordered eating or body image issues, I think it can be really helpful to be aware of how you're thinking and to name that as a thought. Um, and and that I think that can help you enter into a more mindful way of eating. Right. And I think from there, you know, once you've kind of stood on the riverbanks and identified what, what are often probably, you know, unhealthy and unhelpful thought processes, then you can start to counter those. I mean, Megan, that's something me and you have been talking about. We, we can counter those with things that actually are true about God's love for us and what God thinks about our bodies or even thinks about our lives um, compared to what we can feel just when we're in the kind of rushing and crashing of that river. Then the last thing I would say about mindful eating is I think being mindful of our food and exactly what it is and so what I mean by that is again like all the all the things that are involved in the food um, of how the food came to our table whether it's how how it was prepared or or where it was harvested or all those sorts of things and also the food itself of what is this comprised of what does this taste like just a deeper dive into what food is and then also always underlying all these things is recognizing God's hand in this of God gifting us with food right and I think that's just a healthier way to eat and and ultimately a healthier way to live the effects of mindfulness and mindful eating I think are the sorts of goals that we have with this podcast as a whole of we want you to see food as a gift, to receive food as this deep joy um, and this deep gift from God. And I think in order to do that, we have to slow down enough to enjoy it. We have to pay attention to what is it, what it is and it's all its beauty and depth in order to see its goodness. And the same with our bodies. I think if we never really think about our bodies beyond thinking of them as machines or or something that's not good enough, then we don't really notice the complexities of our bodies and we don't really develop this attunement to the sort of signals and things our bodies are trying to communicate. And I think the more attuned we grow to our body, the more we try to listen to our body, even in the act of in the act of listening to our bodies and paying attention, we're communicating to ourselves that our bodies really matter, that our bodies are worthy of us honoring them and loving them. Right. I I think that's so well said. It's so hard to have a deep appreciation and gratitude for something, for anything, um, but especially food and, and our bodies when we're just living at warp speed. And I think when we slow down, we do have a chance, um, to see ourselves more as God sees us. Um, I, I don't think God is looking at us, you know, in this super high speed thing, but rather God is delighting in us um, and, and slowing down enough to do that. Yeah, I think God has this, God is deeply mindful of God's world and, and able to pay attention to the details of our lives and of, of who we are and of all of creation, really. And I think one example of this is Psalm 139 that talks about God knowing just every detail of us. God knows our thoughts. God knows when we stand up and sit down. God knows every hair on our heads. And I think this psalm displays this beautiful picture of God's intimate attunement to us, to our creation. And I think likewise, if God thinks us so worthy of knowing on this intimate way, shouldn't we also think the same about ourselves, that we are worthy of learning more about ourselves and learning more about our bodies? Um, Yeah, because they are good in the Lord's eyes. 
Right. We, we really get a chance to, to follow in God's work as we do that and, and to follow in God's activity of delighting in us. And, and I think that can help us delight in those around us as well. Definitely. I think that is why maybe Jesus spent so much of his ministry around food, so much of his ministry around eating with others. And I think Jesus wanted to do this because this was a chance not only for him to slow down and really look into the eyes of another person or, or to share bread with another person, but also for a chance for him to invite others to slow down too, to be a present, to be present to often people who are really different than them, to be present to the gifts of food. I think Jesus, it's wild thinking all that he could have done and yet so much of his life was spent around the table because I think he believed the table is worthy of slowing down to, of worthy of um, really taking time out of our lives to sit at. And um, I think the table invites us to this sort of mindful present way of living. Right. I I think we never hear a a description in the Gospels of Jesus, you know, grabbing a a 10 minute meal, finding the nearest fast casual joint. Um, But instead, you know, it it is this practice of slowing down, of of really knowing those who who he was with. Um, And Megan, you were unsure about whether to include this. So I will say it for you. Um, You you recently came across this this description of Jesus, that Jesus moves at the speed of love. Um, And the speed of love is not rapid. Um, to really love people, to to slow down and, and get to hear their stories and express your care for them and that sort of thing, that takes time. Um, but what a wonderful invitation that is um, around the table um, w- when we're eating with others or even when we're eating by ourselves to, to give ourselves enough love um, that we're worthy of slowing down, we're worthy of checking in on ourselves and seeing how we're doing and, and seeing how God might provide for us. I know when I'm rushing through life, when I feel like I'm in a deep sense of hurry, I have a really hard time of being present to what's around me or even really loving myself well in those times. I'm just thinking about how much I need to get done or um, how I'm running out of time. And I think it really does inhibit my ability to love God, to love others, to love myself. And so I really think this invitation to slow down is as hard as it can be, is is worthy of um, accepting and worthy of receiving. Definitely a worthy um, a worthy invitation, or or dare I say, challenge in a world that does go so quickly. So to land this plane, to go back to what I was saying a little earlier, we get that this is hard. We get that our lives are not conducive to this whatsoever, um, especially those of us in super demanding jobs or student schedules and that sort of thing where. There's never enough time and and slowing down isn't that realistic, but we still think it's worth it. Yeah, we want to we want to just recognize that we get that, you know, you might not have 3 hours for every meal or each snack you eat that you maybe can't spend an hour on that. <laughs> um we want to recognize and honor the busyness in in your lives, but we think even if it's just one meal this week, um or yeah, part of a meal this week where you can really be mindful and present to what's happening. We think that is that time will be really special and hopefully it will help you even amidst your busyness pay more attention to what's going on, even if you do need to move more quickly through the world to still recognize the goodness of your body and the goodness of the food around you. Right. That, that sounds like such a worthwhile practice. Start small. If, if you're super busy during the week, 
have one slow meal on a weekend and taste and see that God is good and, and that God is present with you and the food you're eating and, and the company that is with you around the table um, and in all aspects of your life. Yeah, so millennials, as you drink your chic coffee this week or as you eat your avocado toast, we encourage you to just be mindful, to be really present to what's happening, to receive these things as good gifts, and to remember that God is always mindful of you.